comparing the abomination of desolation spoken of by Jesus and Daniel. That is our the a bonus podcast that I'm sharing with you now. In trying to research this topic in the Bible, I located all the pertinent Bible passages and recorded them for comparison. I used the New King James Version of the Bible for researching, also known as NKJV. In addition to my extensive notes, I have used the New King James Version of the uh, Bible Gateway, they, uh, .com. They have you can put all kinds of versions of the Bible and they will do them for you, but I did it all in New King James Version. To look for keywords to see if there might be related passages elsewhere in the Bible. I may use other internet resources and will note them if used. Since the Bible often uses the word him and, the, and he within the same passage, I will put who is speaking and who is being spoken to within brackets if I determine it will be helpful for clarity. Additionally, I will put my analysis, evaluation, comments, and opinions within brackets as well, and will tip you off in the podcast when I'm sharing those. Since these biblical research podcasts tend to take some time to share, I felt led to create three blogs in order to post my research findings in their entirety for those who would like to read it or share it with others. You may find it posted on Biblical Proof at https colon double backslash Biblical Proof B-I-B-L-I-C-A-L-P-R-O-O-F.blogspot.blogspot.com. Another is Do Biblical Inconsistencies Really Matter? At HTTPS colon double backslash Biblical Inconsistencies B-I-B-L-I-C-A-L-I-N-C-O-M-S-I-S-T-E-N-C-I-E-S dot blogspot B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. And end of world Bible prophecy at https colon double backslash end of world Bible prophecy e n d o f w o r l d b i b l e p r o p h e c y dot blogspot b l o g s p o t dot com. Within brackets, I have at first I plan to have the abomination of desolation passages spoken of by Jesus first. Then I realized in reviewing the information, Jesus is talking about a specific portion of all Daniel's end of world prophecy. It's helpful to know what this is referring to when you hear what Jesus says related to it. I could have just put the verses that specifically relate to it, the the Daniel verses that specifically relate to it, but feel it's always best to examine things within their context rather than pull them out of in the isolation. In my opinion, you can't always trust passages that are pulled and used out of context. I will highlight in green the parts that are related to this research pod project topic for those reading this research online on one of the three blogs. And I've highlighted it in the green. Um, within brackets still, please note that the angel interprets things to Daniel about some things that will happen way before the end of the world and other things that will happen during those end times. Also within brackets, says you should have this New Testament information before reading portions of Daniel. From New Testament in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, which says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved, by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget one thing that is the Lord, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years 
and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, with both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So the reason I have this first is it, uh, Daniel several times mentions periods of time, and it will be so many days or so many weeks anyway, and, and it helps for, if you try to interpret this, only it's kind of tricky to interpret it, but, but each day, so if it's 100 days, that would be 100 years, you know, so you have that background information. Okay, so this is, I'm starting the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. Daniel 1 through 27 says, in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time. So this is the second vision, but this is the part relates to my topic. I, which is Daniel, saw in the vision, and it so happened while I was looking that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. So I went to BibleReadingArchaeology.com, which says it's the ancient city of Shushan, also known as Susa, at S-U-S-A, and is located on the edge of the modern Iranian city of Shush, S-H-U-S-H. And that's the end of the bracket. And I saw in the vision that I was in the river U-L-A-I. Then I which is Daniel, lifted my eyes and saw and there standing beside the river was a ram, which had two horns and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward and southward so that the animal could not withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Then he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing beside the river and ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confronting the ram and he was moved with rage against him. Attack and attacked the ram and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him. And there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore, the male goat, grew very great, but when he came, became strong, the large horn was broken, and in place of it, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. And it grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of hosts. And by him, the prince of hosts, the prince parts capitalized, so that's referring to Jesus. So one of the things I like about New King James Version of the Bible, so if the hymn is capitalized, I know it's talking about Jesus. Or the other things related to it are, but I just want to share that with you. Not all Bibles do that. Uh, and by him, the daily sacrifices were taken away. And a big thing in this is the daily sacrifices were taken away, just the hymn. And the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all of this 
and prospered. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation? The giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot. And he said to me, For 2,300 days, then the sanctuary will be cleansed. Then it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of ULAI, which is the river, who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he, which is Gabriel, came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man. And this son of man, everything's lowercase. So it's talking about Daniel. Uh, sometimes when it says son of man and everything's capitalized in this particular version of the Bible, that's referring to Jesus. But this is Daniel. That the vision refers to the time of the end. Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and stood me upright. And he said, look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation. For at the appointed time, the end shall be. The ram which you saw having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between his eyes is the first king. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall rise out of that nation, but not with its power. In the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall rise, having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive, and he shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes. That prince is capitalized as talking about Jesus. But he shall be broken without human means. And the vision of the evening and the morning, which was told, is true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I rose. I went about the king's business. He, he was employed. I don't know exactly employed, but he worked for the king back at that time. I think it's Darius that was the king. Um, so we went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. Daniel 20 through 27 says, Now while I, which is Daniel, was speaking, praying, and, and confess, confessing my sins and the sin of my people, And pressing, presenting my supplication, before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God, it did say pressing the, my supplication. Sometimes the um, spelling feature will put words that it thinks I'm writing it, and I thought pressing my supplication didn't make sense. So it's presenting my supplication before the Lord my God. For the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in the prayer, the man Gabriel, who, and Gabriel is an angel of God, whom I had seen in the vision in the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have come, now come forth to 
give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy and anoint the most holy. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and to build Jerusalem until Messiah, the prince, and that's capitalized, Messiah and prince, talking about when Jesus is born, which is, this is foretold hundreds of years before Jesus is born, but it's talking about Jesus. There shall be seven weeks and 72 weeks. And remember each week, you know, seven days, and, and, the, and each day is a year, and you've got to multiply all this stuff out. Um, and the years you have to do the same, you know, 365 days, and each day's, anyway, a thousand years. And each, and for the seven weeks, each day is a thousand years too. Anyway, um, according to the passage I read to you from Second Peter. The street shall be built again in the wall, even in the troublesome times. And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut up, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come. Now that prince is small. And so it's not talking about Jesus. And it's not necessarily, I mean, the way it's put here is someone viewed as negative. Okay. The people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end of it shall be with a flood. Until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant and many for one week. But a covenant with many for one week. But the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. And that's still real significant. Um, on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate. Even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Next one is Jan, Daniel 27. And I didn't put the end verse. I apologize. I think I went to the end of the chapter, but I'm no, I didn't. Um, I, I will put it before I put it on the internet. I apologize. Um, the angel explaining to Daniel says, Both these kings' hearts shall be bent on evil. And they shall speak lies at the same table. But it shall not prosper, for the end shall be at the appointed time. While returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant, so he shall do damage and return to his own land. At the appointed time, he shall return and go towards the south, and it shall not be like the former or the latter, for ships from Cyrus shall come against him, and therefore he shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and do damage. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. So he's going to favor people who forsake the Holy Covenant. And forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. All this part is very significant. Those who do wickedly against the covenant he shall corrupt with flattery but the people who know their god shall be strong and carry out great exploits 
And those of the people who understand shall instruct many. Yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue. And some of those understanding shall fall, and I have within brackets, that means die for their faith, to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the end time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. Then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god and shall speak blasphemies against God of God, the God of God. Capital C, so it's talking about God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. So what has been determined shall be done. He shall regard neither the God, capital G, of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, small g, for he shall exalt himself above them all. So he's saying, more important, God's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, more important than fake gods, the false gods. He's more important is what he thinks. Okay. He shall exalt himself above them all. But in their place, he shall honor a God of fortresses and a God which his fathers did not know. He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus he shall act against the strongest fortresses with a foreign God, which he shall acknowledge and advance its glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many. Sorry, I had a typo. I don't claim to be the best typist in the world. I do my best. Pray my way through. And divide the land for gain. There's more to this chapter, but only this specific this specifically pertains to the research topic. Then Daniel 12, 1 through 13 says, at this that time. Michael, and I have in brackets, an angel, shall stand up. The great prince, small p, who stands to watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble. It doesn't mean all small p's are someone evil. I'm thinking it's referring to Michael the angel, but the capital P would be talking about Jesus. And so this is talking about Michael the angel. Who stands to watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, which is the book of life, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book till the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there were stood two other, which is other, two others, and I have in brackets, angels. One on this river bank and the other on that river bank. So one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times and a half. And when the power of the holy people has been completed, completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? 
And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice, and this is significant again, is taken away because it has to, and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. And I have them within brackets, the end of the world. And within brackets, I have, that's the end of the book of Daniel. There are other prophecies in it, but I needed to stay primarily focused on the research topic. So within brackets, as we compare the information about the abomination of desolation in Daniel, is specifically the act of taking away the daily sacrifice and that the abomination of desolation is set up that Jesus is referring to in the following passages that I will share with you. Since this is the case, that will be the primary focus of analysis between what Daniel recorded and what was recorded that Jesus said about it in reference to what will happen at end times after that point. Okay, the next topic is abomination of desolation spoken of by Jesus. Matthew 24, 1 through 51 says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he, which is Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these when will these things be? And what will the sign of your coming? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of age? And within brackets, the end of the world. This is how they talked then. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up for tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And when many will be offended, will betray one another. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as witness, as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, as within brackets, I'm not brackets, parentheses. This was in the Bible. Whoever reads, let them understand into parentheses. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountain. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or in on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulations such as 
has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But the, but for the elect, elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if you say to, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner room. Do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the, there the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man, and that's all capitalized, Son of Man, so it's talking about Jesus, will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man again, all capitalized, except for the us, um, coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches are already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you that this, this generation will by no means pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man, all capitalized except the up. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. And so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And that's when Jesus comes at the end. Um, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his house, in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards and the master out of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him in an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this is when the abomination of desolation is spoken of in Mark. Mark 13 verses 1 through 37 says, Then as he, which is Jesus, went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said to him, You see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. 
Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when these, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? And Jesus answered them and began to say, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am he and will deceive many. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled for such things must happen. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be earthquakes in various places and there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows, beginning of sorrows. But watch out for yourselves for they will deliver you up to councils and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake and for a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you, you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now brother will betray brother to death and father his child, and the children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will, shall be saved. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by da Daniel, the prophet, standing where it ought not, and says within parentheses, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house nor enter to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter. For in those days there will be tribulation, such as not been seen, have not been since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless the Lord had shortened these days, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he chose. He shortened the days. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But take heed, see, I have told you all these things beforehand. But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will give will not give its light and the stars of heaven will fall and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man, all capitalized except the us, which is about Jesus, coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he, capital H, Jesus, will send his angels and gather before his elect from the four winds from the farthest part of the earth to the farthest part of heaven. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and has put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happen, know that it is near at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, 
For you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you all is watch. It doesn't say if, it just came out of my mouth. Luke 17, verses 22 through 37 says, Then he, which is Jesus, said to the disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. Capitalize those Jesus. And you will not see him. And they will say to you, Look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man, capitalize those Jesus, will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. All. Likewise, it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that lot went out of sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all even so will it be in the day in the day when the son of man i'll capitalize those jesus is revealed in that day he who was on the housetop and his goods are in the house let him not come down and take them away and likewise the one who is in the field let him not turn back remember lot's wife whoever seeks to save his life will lose him whoever loses his life will preserve it I tell you, in the night there will be two men in one bed, the one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together, the one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field, the one will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Luke 21, verses 5 through 36, further says, Then some, then as some spoke, of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations. He, which is Jesus, said, These things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So they, which is Jesus' disciples, asked him, which is Jesus, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And he, which is Jesus, said, Take heed that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said, he, which is Jesus, said to them, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places, and famines, and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know it's the desolation is near. 
Then set those who are in Judea, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those who are in the midst of her and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distresses in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man, capitalized so Jesus, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift your heads because your redemption draws near. Then he, which is Jesus, spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Surely, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and terror of this life. And that day come upon you, on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Okay, now I'm starting my analysis. Since I, oh, within brackets, since I can't truly compare what Daniel said about the abomination of desolation with what Jesus referenced in these three Gospels, I will compare what was said in the Gospels. Because Jesus was referring to that, but it, and it tells about the daily sacrifices being taken away, the abomination of desolation being set up where it ought not to be. But it's hard to know what those are. And there's a million people out there that have different interpretations. And then I'm getting off. So I need on a tangent. So I'm not totally a tangent because it's focused on the topic. But I want to read my analysis. First of all, the Gospel of Luke is different in that it shares the same basic information about the abomination and desolation and the end of time signs in two separate chapters. Is that an inconsistency? No. It's different from the other two Gospels, but it's not an inconsistency. Does it really matter if an author divides their writing up into two shorter chapters or has the same information in one longer one? Not really. So within brackets. Next, I will look at any obvious differences between the three Gospels. The Gospel on Matthew says that Jesus' disciples came to him privately to ask when these things would be. The Gospel of Mark says that it was Peter, James, John, and Andrew that asked Jesus, when these things would be. The Gospel of Luke just says they asked Jesus when these things would be. Is it inconsistent that each passage says something different? Not really. It's not inconsistent. It's just that one uses the word reference they to refer to the disciples. Another uses the disciples in general. And the Gospel of Mark recorded explicit information about which disciples. Not only is this not inconsistent, but it is additional proof of the credibility of these recordings. 
within brackets I have again, although there are many, my, there are minor differences in wording, it basically says the same thing. You will find out if you watch this brief video by Jay Warner Wallace, an LA cold case detective who tells that a witness rarely reports things exactly the same way. That witnesses rarely report things exactly the same way. The title of the YouTube video is called Were the Gospels Written by Eyewitnesses? Question mark. You can find that at https colon back, double backslash www.youtube.com com slash word watch w-a-t-c-h then a question mark lowercase v equals sign lowercase s lowercase i capital o lowercase c capital v capital l I hope I said lowercase c, capital L, lowercase y, capital K, lowercase u, capital E, lowercase K. That's three minutes and 27 seconds. And in my opinion, this video is really worth watching because it clarifies so many things about the inconsistencies in the gospel recordings, but that they are still were valid witnesses. So within brackets, the gospels of Matthew and Mark both say, that this is the beginning of sorrows, but Luke says these are the days of vengeance. In my research, I have found that some gospel writers paraphrase things much the same as any writer does this day. This is not an inconsistency. Within brackets, both the Gospels of Matthew and Mark say that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the nations and then the end will be near. The gospel of Luke didn't mention this. Again, in all my biblical research, I find that some gospel writers write with more detail and some and others with less. Also, there are some like the Apostle John who only put information in the Bible if he doesn't feel it's been adequately documented. Again, within brackets, the Gospel of Matthew says that no one knows the day and the hour of the end of the world, not the angels of heaven, but only his father. Mark says basically the same thing, but says the son doesn't know either. But the Gospel of Luke uses the parable of the fig tree to convey that. These are basically saying the same thing in different ways. Okay, within brackets, the Gospel of Matthew warns that they, which is the disciples, will be delivered up to tribulation and killed and hated for Jesus' sake. Sorry, I have to put it end of the bracket so you know that not everything's within brackets there. Um, the Gospel of Mark says that they will be delivered up to councils and beaten. And the Gospel of Luke says that they will lay hands on them, delivering them to the synagogues and prisoners before kings and rulers for his namesake. Also, only the Gospel of Mark and Luke say that when the disciples are delivered, they are not supposed to premeditate what they are to say, that the Holy Spirit will use this as testimony, and I paraphrase that. Again, these minor differences are primarily due to writing style. Within brackets, all three Gospels recorded how Jesus explained about how people were still eating, drinking, and marrying in the days of Noah until the day of the flood, preparing us for knowing that it will be that way at the end of the world. Only the Gospel of Luke makes an additional parallel between Lot and what happened when Lot's wife turned back. The point was one that Jesus shared many times throughout the Gospel. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. 
within brackets. I tried to find out more information about them taking away the daily sacrifices. I mean, I checked on the internet. And there's a lot of things there. So I perfectly contemplated lots of internet resources, and this is the one I felt led to share. The title of it is Jesus Dash Not, I mean, it's a hyphen and death is thinking, but not an underscore. Resurrection.info, I-N-F-O, by Tom Stapleton, T-O-M, and the last name Stapleton, S-T-A-P-L-E-T-O-N. Okay, it can be found at H-T-T-P-S colon double backslash www.jesus, but it's all lowercase, J-E-S-U-S hyphen, not underscore, resurrection, R-E-S-U-R-R-E-C-T-I-O-N dot info, I-N-F-O slash, the, T-A-C, hyphen, not underscore, daily, D-A-I-L-Y, hyphen, not underscore, sacrifice, S-A-C-R-I-F-I-C-E dot H-T-M-L. 100, this is what it says. 100 years ago, this interpretation of the daily would have seemed preposterous. But recent studies have shown that in the past, our interpretation of certain portions of scripture has not been correct. One example of this is Colossians 2.16. Of late, there has been a keen interest in the study of the sacred times of the Lord. This study has crossed denominational boundaries worldwide and has brought many things to light. Current studies in scripture and history seem to indicate that God's holy days were not nailed to the cross as had been assumed by most Christendom for several centuries. The biblical holy days continue to be celebrated by the disciples after the cross. And, and it means after Jesus died on the cross, arose, were ascended to heaven. And the early Christian church observed these holy days for several centuries. The change came largely from a desire by the Christian church in Rome to dissolve itself from the Jews. The Jews were under tremendous persecution, which is why the Roman Christian church changed these times to distance themselves from the Jews. The Christian church adopted a calendar of holy days that resembled the paganism, resembled paganism rather than Judaism. Could this discovery of truth be a part of what the angel spoke to Daniel? Then quotes it says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. And that's from Daniel 4. Okay, within brackets with assignments me. Along those same lines, several months ago, I had gotten some religious literature I hadn't ordered shortly after I started researching end-of-world Bible prophecy. Interestingly, it was about the book of Daniel and, and the revelation of Jesus Christ and the end of world prophecy. It just, I mean, I had started, just been collecting research for months, you know, going through and writing and taking notes and all of this. And I was just starting to put the things together to make the, you know, to make the podcast and then put it on the blog. And I got this in the mail, and it was about the same topic I'd been researching. Anyway, which seems kind of significant, but I don't know. The, they primarily claimed that the Antichrist, the Little Horn, and the Beast all refer to the papacy and the Pope. This magazine-sized literature shares lots of proof of this, especially focused on the papacy changing the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. Is it true? Maybe yes, and maybe no. I don't know the answer to these things, but I'm sharing this. So you can be mindful and prayerful to listen to the instincts that Christ alone can give you. So within brackets, although I have highlighted things in orange, 
do my research, you know, so if you get on one of the blogs, you can see it in that orange part. Um, of the biblical research project, I highlighted in orange the parts that would support some of the claims of that literature. I will tell you what I do. I don't get caught up in trying to interpret all these end-of-world prediction passages, since many are signs that are open to a vast array of interpretations. In my opinion, as a Christian, I found what works best for me is not to get too caught up in trying to find literal interpretations or definitive interpretations for things of this nature. I just focus on Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I don't get overwhelmed by the details that are beyond my comprehension. So within brackets, I will use this as an example. Revelation 21, 21 says, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So within brackets, well, I used to hear people argue about what heaven's going to be like. Doesn't matter if the streets of heaven are going to be made of pure gold, are gold-plated, or just look like gold. No, none of that really is significant, in my opinion. What is significant is that I want to end up in heaven when Jesus calls me, no matter what the streets are paved with. Even if it's a dirt road, I don't care. I want to be in heaven with Jesus at that time. The way that is possible is not to get caught up in arguments with others that Satan may use to lead us astray. So within brackets, if I focus on Jesus Christ as my Savior, his commandments, and what he wants for me, I'm most apt to end up in heaven on the last day. Of course, I'm not perfect, but in all my many sins are forgiven as long as I stay focused on Christ, who made the ultimate sacrifice for me, and he did it for you, too. The, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke record, oh, so within brackets. Uh, Luke recorded about Jesus referring to the abomination and the desolation, but the Gospel of Mark didn't. Is that an inconsistency? Not in my opinion, but I will share why I think that. Luke 6, verses 6 through 7 says, And he, which is Jesus, marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about uh, the villages in a circuit teaching. And he, which is Jesus, called the twelve which is the disciples, to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Within brackets in that Jesus sent various of the disciples out to preach to those who didn't know that Jesus is their Savior. Not every disciple would have heard all the same information because they were out preaching. Also within brackets, although this is a possible explanation for the Apostle John not mentioning the abomination and the desolation, I actually think it's much different than that. I have done extensive research in comparing this passages in the Bible, especially passages in the Gospels, along with much careful contemplation in matters such as this. I finally came to the realization after reading the following two passages in the Gospel of John that he rarely records things that have been adequately recorded in the other three Gospels. Sometimes, if he feels that not all the pertinent details have been shared, he would record those, but in general. But in general, the Apostle John tried to record other information so those who read about Jesus would have as much information as possible. First of those passages is John 20, verses 30 through 31. The Apostle John records this after Jesus shows Thomas the wounds in his hand and side after Jesus had arisen from the grave and showed himself to the disciples. And this is the second time he shows himself to the disciples and Thomas is there this time. And and truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
and the other is from John 21, verses 24 through 25. And the Apostle John records this after Jesus arose to heaven. This is the disciple who defies all of these things. I have within brackets, John always refers to himself in third person. I wrote these things and we know that this his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Within brackets, I would like to share some of the related Bible passages in the Gospel of John that weren't shared in the other Gospels. John 3, verses 33 through 36 says, He who has received his, which is Jesus's, testimony has certified that God is true, speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And as I said, all these passages I'll share from John are, in my opinion, the ones he wrote that weren't, they weren't shared in any of the other Gospels, so he tried to use his faith and only, as I said, adding two things that he didn't think had all the information or sharing other things that hadn't been shared. John 5, verses 19 through 23 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. John 5, verses 24 through 30, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in grave will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. John 6, verses 38 through 40, Jesus goes on to say, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me I should lose nothing but should rise up, raise it up at the last day. And this will be the will of him who sent me, that everyone sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. John 10, verses 1 through 18, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep shall hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by the name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means 
follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who enter came before me are thieves. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out, go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Hireling means the hired shepherd, you know, like temp a temporary shepherd. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own as the father knows me even so i know the father and i lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep i have which are not of this world them also i must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd therefore my father loves me because i lay down my life that i may take it again no one takes it from me but i lay it down on myself and i have power to lay it down and i have power to take it again this command i have received from my father this has a significant part although i didn't put it in my research but i did want to share it with you um, it says about that there's, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. So Jesus is talking about how the Jews were always the promised people, going to the promised land, the Israelites, and those were God's people. And he gave the promise of the, the Messiah to them. But in some of the different parables, you'll hear how he says, you know, like when it's the banqueting uh, table, a banquet for a wedding, and that he invited the people to come and they didn't want it. So he said, okay, forget you. I'm offering this to other people who want to come. Well, it's kind of a parallel to that God offered the promise of the Messiah to the Israelites his promised people, and a lot of them didn't believe him. And so he opened it up, especially when Saul, who later is known as Paul, is converted, and he shares the faith with the Gentiles. And Gentiles has now become, it was a specific group of people, but it loosely has become in the Bible and religious times, but interpreting the Bible, that Gentiles means everybody else. So God opened it up and Jesus opened it up to everybody that anybody who loves Jesus Christ as their Savior can be saved. And so when it's saying this, he's referring to that. So, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. So that means they're not Jewish. Them, I, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So it is everybody that believes in him can go to heaven. Okay, I just think that's really significant. John 11, verse 25 says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? 
John 11, verses 38 through 53 says, Then Jesus, again groaning to himself, came to the tomb. And this is the tomb of Lazarus. It was a cave and a stone lay against him. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave cloths. I think it says grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen these things, Jesus did believe in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider what is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him, which is Jesus, to death. John 12, verses 32 through 36, Jesus says, And if I am lifted up from from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This, he said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And in that, Son of Man is capitalized referring to Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, which means while I'm here, he's the light of the world, believe in the light that you may become the sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from, from them. John 12, verses 46 through 48, Jesus says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The world that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. John 14, verses 3 through 7, Jesus says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, he's actually the one that's doubting Thomas, but he hasn't been crucified yet. An earlier time when it mentions Thomas. Thomas said to him, which is Jesus, Lord, we do not where, know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. 
John 15, verses 1 through 6, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and, then, and they are burned. John 15, verses 12 through 15, Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. John 16, verses 17 through 20 says, Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. We do not know what he is saying. Now Jesus knew what they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while you will see me? Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. So basically, this is an aside, of course. Basically, he's saying that when I die, you're going to be sad because you're going to miss me. But other people are going to be really happy, the people that didn't like him, you know, the ones that are plotting to kill him and all of that. They will be happy. But he's saying your sorrow will be turned to joy because on the last day you'll get to go to heaven and, and your sorrow will be turned to joy. Or it could also mean, can't tell you for sure, which it means probably both, that when he rises from the grave, their sorrow will be turned to joy because we'll see him again before he rises to heaven. John 16, verses 32 through 33, Jesus says, Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because my Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 19, verses 25 through 27 says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, and within brackets, the Apostle John is recording this and always speaks of himself in third person. Standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, so he's saying it to Apostle John, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. John 20, verses 26 through 29, after Jesus' resurrection, after eight days, his disciples were inside, and Thomas with him, and this is the doubting Thomas. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. Then he, which is Jesus, said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, which is Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. John 21, verses 12 through 19. 
When Jesus appeared, this is when Jesus appears to his disciples the third time at the Sea of Tiberias after he had risen from the grave. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing what it, that it was the Lord? Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than me? He, which is Peter, said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He, which is Jesus, said to him, be my lamb. He, which is Jesus, said to him, which is Simon Peter, I mean, his name Simon Peter. A second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He, which is Peter, said to him, which is Jesus, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He, which is Jesus, said to him, which is Peter, tend my sheep. He, which is Jesus, said to him, which is Peter, a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he, which is Jesus, said to him the third time, do you love me? And he, which is Peter, said to him, which is Jesus, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, which is Peter, be my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he, which is Peter, would glorify God. And when he, which is Jesus, had spoken this, he said to him, which is Peter, follow me. Remember John 3, 16 through verses 16 through 21, when Jesus says, for so... God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him, in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten, the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. This is my last part in brackets. Follow Jesus Christ, our Savior. He is the light that will lead, you, lead us all to salvation, all those that believe in him. I want you to know that since this is an example of the positive influence God has made on my life through the Bible, this podcast that I shared with you may not reflect all of the whole meaning of the Bible verses and passages I have shared. They're just how this particular Bible verse or passage related to my life and how it makes the Bible more personal to me in my daily walk with Christ. Thank you for joining us at Relate to the Bible. I look forward to you joining us next time where you will hear more examples of how you can relate the Bible in ways that are especially meaningful to you.